Let's just worship him a little bit more. God, we love you. We magnify you, God. God, we believe in you for miracles and breakthroughs in this house today. All glory and honor be unto you today, God. Blessed be your mighty name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, there's none like you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. There's a level of faith that's in this house. Amen. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that limits our God. Amen. He's well able today on a Wednesday night. Whatever your need, whatever your petition, God is faithful. Amen. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I love when we come to a church and they're ready for a move of God. Amen. You guys know how to have church around here. I could tell in about a couple minutes of being in that prayer room. Amen. It is an honor to be here with you all. We're so grateful to be with you. I give honor to Pastor Carnahan and Sister Carnahan. I know she couldn't be here today, but you guys are blessed. Amen. They're just awesome pastors. Amen. We, uh, we were needing a place to stay for a few extra nights, and uh, Pastor Carnahan offered to put us in a hotel for some extra nights. And it just so happened that there was a, a water slide, so my kids didn't mind that. Amen. So thank you guys for your hospitality. I love, I love when we come to a church. Everyone's so kind and friendly towards us. Thank you for having us. Amen. I'm excited to share what God's doing in Belize. Amen. Um, I want to, you could be seated for a moment. Uh, I, I, I do feel led to preach today. Amen. I just want to follow the Holy Ghost. Uh, but we are going to share what God is doing in Belize. I'm going to have my wife come up uh, briefly, and we're going to share some testimonies. And God has just been doing awesome things, and you guys are a part of that. Amen. Amen. We're, we're grateful for the churches here in North America that help us to get back to the field, and your prayers and your support means the world to us. We're so grateful. Um, I have a presentation, if we could play that. Um, thank you to the media team. It's just a brief video. We are the Becerra family, and God has blessed us with the opportunity to serve as missionaries in the country of Belize, a beautiful country, the borders Mexico and Guatemala it's filled with much cultural diversity all throughout from the north to the south with many different ethnicities represented and our belief and our prayer is that we're going to see revival amongst every different culture represented we're believing that it's harvest time in Belize God has done tremendous things in our time there We've, for the last two years, have served as aimers, basing out of Belize City, the largest city in the country with over 70,000 people. And we have seen God do 
tremendous things. We've seen God pour out of his spirit. We've seen baptisms in Jesus' name. We've seen churches become more strengthened than ever before. And we just know it's because God is doing something great in this final hour of the church. Not just globally, we believe it's going to be global, but here specifically in Belize. We've seen new churches open in areas where we've never had churches. And our prayer is that God continues to open doors in villages and cities all throughout this country where this gospel is yet to be preached. God's been doing a quick work and we're believing to see great harvest in these coming years. We're grateful for those that have partnered with us, those that have allowed us to share our burden and what God's doing in the country of Belize. And it's through your help, your support, your giving, and partnering with us to see this gospel spread through every part of the nation. You guys have played a a huge role in what God is doing. And we're ever grateful for all of our supporters through prayers, through financial support, It means the world to us. Thank you for what you do for missions. Amen, amen. God is so good, amen? Amen. He's great and greatly to be praised. No matter what we're going through, God is faithful. He is such a faithful God, amen. I'm going to introduce my boys to you really quick. They're going to tell you their name. Levi. Luke. And they're just going to give you a few facts about Belize that you guys may not know. Does anybody know about Belize or have heard of Belize? Not one. You? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And your pastor did tell me that you supported the previous missionaries there, and we want to say thank you. You guys are a part of what God's been doing in Belize, and thank you so much for your support for the country of Belize. Amen. Levi is going to share with you guys what the national bird in Belize is. Toucan. English. Okay. What's the most common food that they eat there? Stew chicken. Where is Belize located? Central America. Awesome. Let's give the boys a hand clap. <laughs> yes, you'll be seated. Amen. Amen. They do, they do a great God. There's no pl- better place we'd rather raise our kids than in the house of God and doing the work of God. Amen. They get to see it all firsthand, and they're great little missionaries. Amen. God is good. Amen. Um, As you guys know, we are missionaries to the country of Belize. Belize is a small country, as you guys can see it there. It's in Central America, but there are souls there that God is reaching, and there's a great work that God is doing amongst his people. There's about 419,000 people and counting. Um, And I'm, brother, if you could please put the the other picture up for me. Thank you so much. So I'm just going to share with you guys a little bit about an open door that God opened in the middle of when we first got there. We got to Belize in 2020, and as many of you guys know, that's when the pandemic and everything happened. But in the middle of that pandemic, God opened this door here up north, in the northern, most northern part of the country. We've never had a UPC church, but the Spanish pastor up there in the corner, I don't know if you guys see him with the glasses and the black striped shirt, he contacted my husband and he said, Brother Danny... I just baptized five people up here in Corzal. They speak English. I speak Spanish. Can you please work with them? And my husband was like, of course. That's why we're here. Amen. We're here to work for God. Amen. So we started going up to Corzal, and the Lord opened that door. And that was the first service that you see right there. All of these people here were hung. Were, they had, someone had went, started a church, shut the door. They, people just stopped having church. 
but everybody here was hungry to hear the word of God. Amen. And that was, I believe, was it in June? It might have been like June, May, right in that time, but um, God opened that door in that time there in Corozal. And today, the building that you guys see being built, they have a church now in Corozal, thanks to the churches here in North America. Amen. And they have a strong church. God's moving in that part of the country. Um, Corozal is the most largest city in up north, and there's so many other little villages that we haven't we haven't got to yet, but we're believing God's going to continue to open doors in the north, in the west, and, and we have islands that they, we have 12,000 people there. We've never had a church, but we're just trusting and believing that God's going to continue to open doors all throughout Belize. Amen? Amen. And I want to ask you guys if you could please partner with us in prayer. In the back, we have some four by six cards. Please get one. Please pray for us. Don't forget, pray for us. We know that prayer changes things. Amen. Your prayer can make a difference. I remember my pastor preached that as a young girl. And you know what? It's true. You pray, God answers, God moves, he, he answers and hears our prayers. So please help us pray for Belize. Pray that God continues to open many doors. He opens hearts and um, we're believing God for a great harvest in the country of Belize. Amen. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, pastor, for having us. It's an honor to be here. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Praise God. I uh, had something I felt different to minister, but uh, in prayer, I felt God change things, and the way things are going in the service, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost, if that's okay with you. Amen. If you could stand with me, I'm going to share more about Belize, but if you can turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse 22. And when you have that, say amen. Amen. It says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind, on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. 25, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Amen. I want to minister on this thought today, God level. Amen. If we could just pray for a moment. God, we love you. Thank you so much for what we feel here today. Thank you for what you've already begun in this place. God, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. I pray that we be charged and challenged in the Holy Ghost. I pray that you pour out of your spirit anew today. I believe you, God, for miracles. I believe you, God, for healings, God. We know there's no thing too hard for you, God, that you would have your liberty in this house today. Blessed be your mighty name, God. We love you and we exalt you above all else. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we give you the praise today, God. Amen, amen, amen.
Jesus, we love you, God. My Lord, I love the liberty that I feel here today. I love it. Amen. God is working. Amen. You could be seated. I want to just share a little bit more about Belize. Amen. And you guys have been a part of it, so you can see a lot of what you've contributed through the years. Amen. Belize, um, it's a small country. We border Mexico and Guatemala. And uh, as my son mentioned, it's an English-speaking country. I'm a coconut. I look like I speak Spanish, but I'm, I speak English. Amen. So that helps me. But we do have about seven Spanish churches, and my, my wife's fluent in Spanish, so she's my translator. Amen. We have over 42 churches throughout the country, and uh, God has just given us tremendous revival, and there's still many areas that we're praying that God will continue to spread, and I'll explain a little bit more of that. But Belize is a lot like America in that it's a melting pot. There's a lot of Garifuna, which are of African descent. There's Mennonite. There's Chinese. There's Middle Eastern. There's uh, Mayan, which speak Kachi and Mayamopan, which are indigenous. Uh, so Belize has a lot of diversity. Many Latinos from, uh, from El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala. And so our burden and our prayer is that we can reach every single demographic. Where we've seen the greatest revival is in the south. If you're able to put that map up, I'm sorry, brother. We're making you guys work today. I apologize. Thank you so much. Um, if you were to look at this map here, out of our 42 churches in the purple and in the green in the south, those two districts alone are where uh, the, about 35 of our churches are. In Stan Creek and Toledo District, and that's amongst the mine. So in an English-speaking country, when we arrived there, we began pastoring the only English-speaking church in the entire country. So there's a lot of room for growth. All those churches amongst the Mayan, they understand English, but they have service in, my, in, in Kichi or Mayamopan, which are the two different dialects. We, our first church started there in the early 80s. There was a man that got saved. Um, he, got, he got on fire for God, and he just began reaching every village. He was a great leader and a great teacher. He would train up people and send them out. And we have seen tremendous revival in those two districts. And we're very grateful for that. Our prayer when we go to churches, and, and it's on the prayer card as well, is we pray that God will send, uh, open more doors, as my wife mentioned. Uh, our burden is that the revival that we've seen in the south would spread to the north like wildfire. When you pray for Belize, pray that God will fan the flame of revival all the way to the northern part of the country. Where we lived was in Belize City, which is just center, north, north center of the country. You can maybe be able to see it. It's in the peach-looking color there. Um, Belize City, uh, when we passed through there, north of us was no churches, as my wife mentioned, for two hours. And west of us was no churches. Uh, in that purple area, there was never a church. In the red, there, or I'm sorry, there's still no church there. In the red, there was never a church. And in the orange where we lived, there was only literally three churches in that entire district, or two churches. But God's been doing good things. Amen. We, we began to, we started a work in the north, which we never had it, right at the border of Mexico in the red. We're praying that God will open a door in the purple, which is a district of Orange Rock. We're believing God's going to open doors there. Another area that my wife didn't mention is an, a, a village named Cayo. And Cayo, in that district, we have two churches, but the largest city is Cayo. 
And the nearest church from it is about an hour's drive. We've never had a church there. For two years, we were praying that God would open a door in Kyle. We would ask pastors, we asked our leaders, no one had any contacts there. After two years of praying, I got a phone number of someone that was interested in, in looking for a church. So I called the gentleman. His name was Santiago. We started talking, and I said, Santiago, where do you live? Santiago had got the Holy Ghost, and he had gotten baptized years ago in Texas. And so um, he was, I asked him where he lived. He said, Pastor, I live in Cayo. I said, praise God. So we went, and we did a Bible study, our family, with him and his wife. And at the end of the Bible study, I said, uh, Jose, I just, or Brother Santiago, I'm sorry, I want you to understand something. We've been praying for two years that God would open a door in this village, and uh, I believe that God orchestrated this. I believe this was a God thing. And he said, Pastor, I have to tell you something. He said, uh, for the last two and a half to three years, we have been praying, and we have been praying that God would send a church to this village that preaches truth. <laughs> And it gets better. I said, praise God. God hears your prayers. Amen? When you're praying for a lost loved one, when you're praying for, for someone that, would be, that God would open the door to the gospel, keep praying. Don't you stop. Amen? God will open the doors. He said, Pastor, for the last two and a half to three years, we have been looking for a church that preaches truth. We couldn't find one. So we started having prayer meeting in our home. He said, once we started praying in our home, our neighbors started hearing us pray in our village. So we, they, they go three to four times a week in their neighborhood, house to house, having prayer meeting. And their number one prayer meeting is that God would send a church that preaches truth. That's how God works. Amen. We went back, we went back two weeks later. And when we, uh, we went to have service in their little home, no running water, no electricity, Amen. There was 24 people in their home ready to hear the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Brother Santiago got renewed in the Holy Ghost that night, and we were rejoicing and thankful for what God was doing. We went on our merry way, and the next day I got a phone call, and they said, Pastor, you have to come back. I said, well, I can't guarantee when I can get back. I'm busy, but I'll do my best. How can I help? And they said, well, we're, there's some of us that are ready to be baptized already. I said, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> I stopped everything we had planned. We went the next day, and we baptized our first ever three converts in the city of Cayo. Amen. We're grateful for the doors that God has been opening. Amen. I mentioned that we have a large population of Mennonites. In the last two years, our first ever Mennonite convert, uh, got baptized in Jesus' name. He got the Holy Ghost about a year and a half now. Well, I'm sorry. He got baptized about three years ago now. And he got the Holy Ghost about two years ago. And um, he's a Bible school student. We came back to the States literally right after launching this church. And we uh, found out we were coming back. And we were praying that God would send people to pastor the three churches we were pastoring. And this convert, a man said, Pastor, I'll help. And our first ever Mennonite convert is pastoring both of those churches, and he's been doing a phenomenal job. Amen. I, praise God. We're grateful for what God's doing. Amen. There are uh, three preaching points that have opened up in the last three months. About a month ago, I got a video message to me, 
and there was people having church in front of someone's yard. It was only the second service they have ever had in a village we've never had a church named Santa Cruz. And there was in front of someone's front yard, 60 people in front of someone's yard ready for the word of God. So praise God. We're planning to build a church there next February. God's faithful. Amen. We're going to have a new church at that preaching point. Amen. In the north, another area, uh, when we got to Belize City, there was no churches north of us, and there is now three church, two, church, two churches north of us and a third preaching point that just started three weeks ago. And um, they had a Bible study. There were 16 people in the Bible study, and the pastor, I was talking to him a week and a half ago, and he said, Pastor, I, I'm trying to make time. I'm really busy, but they're already calling me saying they're ready for another church service. So God is doing good things. And I know and I believe it's because of the prayers that are going forth from the church. Amen. I believe we're in the final hour of the church. Amen. I believe that God is going to pour out of his spirit in a mighty way. And God is going to open up doors and unreached villages and cities all throughout Belize so that this gospel can be preached. Amen. God, God is doing it. Amen. I, just to give you a, a perspective, we need churches in every village because in Belize, everyone walks to church. It, it, it's third world. Everyone walks church. We have an island. My wife mentioned 12,000 people. We are believing God to open a door on that island. 12,000 natives, not one preaching, truth preaching church. So God's doing it. We're grateful for it. We're grateful for your prayers. Uh, our focus in going back, we were really focused on launching churches in our last two years while we were there as aimers. And uh, God did that. God opened doors. Uh, but going forward, we're still going to be pushing to, to help expand and reach these unreached areas. But also we're going to be training up leaders. Our focus, we have three Bible school locations that we're going to have them all up and running. And we want to see an influx of students because we understand in order to take this gospel to every single village in the country, we need men and women with the call of God to answer the call that could be trained and equipped to labor in the field. Amen. So our second prayer on that prayer card is, is that God would raise up laborers. Please pray for that. Please take one of those cards. On those cards is also a QR code. We want everyone to be in touch with what God is doing in Belize. I understand it's hard us missionaries, we come, we present the need, and you help and support, and we go our way. And sometimes you don't hear what's going on. We don't want you to be disconnected. We want you to be connected with what God's doing in Belize. So you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and then we will definitely be mailing our, our quarterly newsletters. But if you want to be on our newsletter email list, uh, you could just send an email to the email on the card, and we'll add you to our our newsletter. So uh, thank you for what you do. Amen. Thank you for your support. I'm going to begin preaching in just a second. I just want to present one other thing and I won't take long. A lot of times uh, people ask us if there's certain things they can help with or what the needs are in Belize. Our number one priority, as your pastor mentioned, is we're trying to get back to the field as soon as possible. And that's where the PIMs come in helpful. And we're thankful Pastor Garnahan already mentioned that they're going to support. So if you feel you want to support like that, please let um, Pastor Carnahan know. And we also have two projects that we're focusing on. I'm just going to present the need. There's no pressure whatsoever. But if you would like to partner in that, please let Pastor Carnahan know as well. One major need right now that we're trying to raise funds for is there's a church that has always never had electricity. It's in, it's in um, the Stan Toledo district in the purple in Indian Creek. 
And um, they've, it's always been out in the jungle, so they've always had generators that power their church. Well, some great news just came out that there's electricity available in their village now. So uh, they're wanting to connect electricity. They've raised half the funds, and we're trying to come up with the difference, which is about 800 U.S. dollars to cover um, an entire church having electric running electricity to their church. So if anyone wants to help, big or small, that's one need. And another need is our evangelism project. Evangelism project, it's a bigger project that we're raising. We need about 17,000, and I usually try to break it down. If, if, if uh, we got 10 people to give $100, amen. That's 1,000 per church, and 17 churches will have that budget raised. Or whatever you feel, it could be $10, five, and there's no pressure. But that helps us with evangelizing these unreached villages and going and doing crusade-type services in areas where they couldn't get to one of our churches because of the distance. So if you'd like to help in any way, we're grateful for it. If not, there's no pressure. God's faithful and God provides. Amen. And God will honor your giving. Amen. But I want to uh, focus on this verse here. Uh, we read in Luke chapter 8. I'm sure you may know this verse or this passage. Here's Jesus, he gets on the ship, and he's at the bottom of the ship, and all of a sudden, a storm arises, and the ship begins to take on water. And as the ship takes on water, they begin to get fearful, and they run to wake Jesus, and when they wake him, he gets up, and the Bible says that he rebukes the storm, and immediately, this raging sea comes to a halt, and Right after that happens, these people on the ship were astonished. They said, what manner of man is this that he can calm the storm and the sea? I believe it was at that moment, you know, leading up to this, they had seen him heal people. They had heard the testimonies of miracles that had happened, amen. But it was at this moment that they had first seen him control the weather. They realized in that moment that he was not just another man. He was not just some person, but this was the God-man. This was God manifest in the flesh. Amen. Only God can control the weather and the storm and the raging sea. And I believe that was a revelation for them at that moment. And I think a lot of times we've got to understand the level of our God we read about it, we hear about it, but sometimes when it comes to our life, we think it's just for other people. But God is faithful, and God is able, amen? We uh, are living in a time, I don't know if you follow sports out here or not, or, or, or if we have big sports fans, but in the sports world is a term that's come about, and it's really gotten on my nerves. It's called the GOAT. I like to think I'm young. My kids tell me that I'm ancient. And uh, so I had to Google what goat meant. I knew what a goat was, but I was, had to Google what goat meant. And it meant greatest of all time. We're in a society where for athletes, they want to label every person the goat. This is the greatest person to ever throw a football. This is the greatest person to ever step on the field. Amen. And it doesn't sell set well with me because there's only one that could be the greatest of all time. Amen. 
There's only one. And uh, as I, I follow sports, and I started seeing another term that pops up. And if you've seen it, it's not as popular, but they'll use the term God level. And it makes me even more sick. A baseball player will get up and he'll hit a baseball and it'll go out of the park and they'll say that was a God level home run. Or a person will get up and he'll get on a racetrack and he'll run uh, the fastest 40 time or the fastest 100 meter dash and they'll say that he has God level speed. But that does not set well with me. Because no thing in all this earth could ever compare to the level of our God. The created could never compare to the creator. God is God. And God reigns upon the throne. God is in control of it all. He reigns uh, over your storm. He reigns over your circumstance. God reigns above all else. No thing can compare to the likes of our God. God is faithful. There is no thing that limits God. The problem is, in our mind, we want to limit him. A lot of times, we have needs, and we have miracles, and we have petitions we bring before the Lord, and we're hesitant when it comes to us, but we really believe it for everybody else. We believe it for the person next to us, but when it comes to me, oh, I don't know. Why not? Why can't he do it? What, what, what is there too hard for God? In the, and I believe it's in Matthew, we see the story of the two blind men. Jesus had healed uh, the, the lady with the issue of blood. He had healed uh, Jairus' daughter. And then these two blind men are pursuing after Jesus. And Jesus stops and he turns to them and he asks them a very important question. He said, do you believe that I'm able? Tell the person next to you, do you believe God's able? They stop. You see, the problem is our perspective. A lot of times, especially if we've been living for God more than two minutes, we think, oh, God, I've been living for you. God, it's me here. I don't know. Maybe you've forgotten about me. Maybe you don't see me. But I just want to remind you, I've been living for you X amount of years I've been, I've been faithful. I've been praying. Have you forgotten me? No, God has not forgotten you. God knows exactly who you are. But we've got to change our perspective. What is your faith? Do you still believe that God's able? Let me, let me put it this way. You come to church for year after year and you still need a miracle. But do you still come to the house of God believing this could be my moment. Maybe it didn't happen yet. Maybe it didn't happen when I expected it. But I still believe that this could be the day when I walk out of these four walls that I leave with my miracle. When I leave 
with that situation that's been on my, on my mind, troubling me, but I'm going to leave with the victory. I still believe God in the midst of it all that you're able, that there's no thing you cannot do. What is your faith today? In our time in Belize, we've seen so many miracles, and I don't say that in a boastful manner. I don't say that in a bragging manner. It just it, it, it built our faith because we know that nothing's too hard for God. Sister, I felt to preach this, and the pastor started praying for you. I don't know your circumstance, and I'm not trying to single you out. My son Levi, my oldest son, in the missions field, he broke his arm, and uh, he got his cast off, and like a boy, he was running around, and he fell and broke the same arm again. But Belize is third world. Uh, it's, I love Belize. It's a beautiful country, but I hope I'm not fighting for my life in the medical bed in Belize. Let's just put it that way, right? But Levi broke his arm, and uh, he got casted, and they said, come tomorrow so the specialist can look at his arm. And uh, the specialist, uh, we, we, my wife drove over. We're in the process of building a church. My wife drove over with him, and they said, oh, we had to cancel because in Belize, people drive very wild. And so when he was supposed to meet with him, he was tending to accidents. Well, that, that took place for over two weeks. We kept going, and they kept canceling. Kept going, they kept canceling. His cast came off. The doctor looked at his arm, and his arm didn't set right. His arm was like this. In uh, two weeks, it had already began healing and mending that way. So the doctor, we noticed it right away. My wife was in the waiting room, and the doctor said, uh, well, Dad, there's one of two things we can do. One, we can re-break his arm and reset it. Or, number two, he's young. There's a possibility that in about 36 to 42 months, it might grow straight. And uh, my son looked at me and said, Dad, please don't let him break my arm again. <laughs> the third time would not have been the charm. And so I went and I talked to my wife. I said, look, this is the options the doctor gave us. And I said, well, what kind of preachers would we be if we preach and believe this thing called faith, but we don't allow faith to operate? I said, you know what? We're going to put it in God's hands. We all agreed. Amen. And uh, I was questioning myself, wondering if I was crazy, but I put it in God's hands. I felt it, and we followed through with it. Time came by. He got his cast off, and his arm was still crooked. Everyone in the church seen his arm was crooked, like an S almost. And uh, the doctor gave us some hope. He said in about 24 to 36 months, it might grow straight. And we're like, okay, well, that's hope. He got his cast off, came home. We usually have ministry six days a week. And every time we'd have service or a prayer meeting, my son would lift his hand and say prayer request for his arm. A week went by, nothing changed. Two weeks went by, nothing changed. Three weeks went by, nothing changed. Thank God for childlike faith. The Bible talks about importunity. When you don't see it, when you don't feel it, you be persistent. Every day for a month, my son would petition the Lord. On a Tuesday night prayer meeting, 
My son came up and prayed. No one laid hands on him. I got up to close out the prayer meeting a month after him getting his cast off. My son comes up to me and he says, Dad, I have a, I have a testimony. I said, yes, son. He said, God straightened my arm today in prayer meeting. He lifted his arm up and his arm, four weeks after having the cast off, was completely straight. Amen. You, I went to feel the bone. You couldn't even feel any bump. That's how faithful our God is. That's the level of our God. God is not limited, amen, in any manner, shape, or form. God is able, amen, to meet your need today. God is faithful to step in when nothing else has the answer. God is faithful. That's the level of our God. My God. I'm not going to take long. I have one other testimony. And I say this to help build your faith. There was a lady by the name of Sister Mary Lou. She started coming to our church in Belize City. Her neighbor had been inviting her for a few years, and she finally came to our church. And I didn't know this, but at the time, so I went up to her after, and my wife and I, and we started talking to her. And she said, Pastor, I have to tell you something. I told God that I'm going to go to three churches, and whichever of the three churches I like best, that's going to be my church. And she said, you're the second church I came to. But the moment I walked on the property, I heard the church praying. She said, this is my church. So praise God. Thank you. We're, we're glad you came. I'm sorry the third church didn't get a chance, but not really. We're glad you're here. Amen. So she started coming faithfully to every prayer meeting, every Bible study, every church service. She didn't miss anything. I didn't know this, but at the time, Sister Mary Lou had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. She was, uh, she was facing stage four cancer, and uh, we were just praying with her once she told us. We started praying and believing that God would help her. We, she was getting ready to go to Mexico to get treatment. Um, and she would go there for a month or so and then come back. And she would do it intermittently. And um, before she went, she said, Pastor, I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. We said, praise God. She already got the Holy Ghost after about a month of going to church. Amen. And uh, we went to baptize her. And she said something very profound at that time concerning what she was facing. She told my wife and I, and she said, Pastor, I told God that whether I live or die, my children are going to know a mother that lives for God till their dying day. Whether, whether I live or die from this cancer, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what goes, what, what happens, I'm determined I'm going to live for God. She went to Mexico, got treatment. She'd come back and forth. We were already in the States at the time. And last July, she went to Mexico. Before she went to Mexico, she was praying in her home. And she said, I feel like that God healed me. So she went to Mexico. And she said, can you please run all the tests? I believe that God healed me. The doctors ran all the tests. And I don't know how long it took. But the results came back. And the doctor said, Miss Mary Lou, there's no trace of you ever having any sign of cancer in your body facing stage four cancer and God completely healed her there is no thing our God cannot do God is alive and well and he's working and moving amen in 20 
2023. He's still a miracle working God. He's still a way making God. He's still a deliverer. He's still a restorer. Amen. <coughs> That's what our God can do. No man can compare to the likes of our God. As we've traveled, I've told at times when we go about the miracles that we see. And one time I had a gentleman come to me and he said, well, uh, I, I, I believe that, but that's probably just more on the missions field. And I learned a long time ago that I just learned to live with my circumstance. And um, I thought for a little bit, I didn't disagree with him on the point because he was an elder. So I didn't want to be disrespectful, but that didn't set well with me. That didn't set well with me. Because God doesn't just do miracles on the missions field. And there's people that think, oh, it happens more on the missions field. No. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is God. And he changes not. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he knows no borders. He knows no boundaries. He's alive and well. Amen. And he's working miracles right here in Gillette, Wyoming, just like he is in Belize and Central America, just like he is in all the other parts of the country. God is still a miracle-working God. And because maybe you've come here and you got health things you're facing because of what you brought on in your own thinking or what you think you brought on yourself. But the, the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. The same way God blood washes us and, and purges us and cleanses us and fills us with the Holy Ghost. It's that same blood that God will make whole. God will renew you. God can heal your mind if you're battling depression, if you're battling fear, if you're, if you're battling doubt and negativity. God can restore that. He can take that away. Amen. If you've come here with illness in your body, it's not too hard for God. Well, brother, you don't understand. I've had this going on for 10 years. I've had this going on for 20 years. But my question to you today is this. Do you still believe? Maybe it didn't happen yesterday. Maybe it hasn't happened like you thought it ought to happen. But my question is, do you still believe that God is on a level on his own? Do you still believe that God is a miracle worker? Not just for the person next to you. But he's going to work in my life. He's going to deliver me. He's going to restore me. My miracle's on the way. I still believe I'm closer to my miracle. Make your petitions known unto the Lord. Maybe it's a lost loved one that hasn't come back for a while. You just keep believing. You keep praying over this city. You keep taking dominion in this community. You keep taking territory in areas that have never been reached. You're going to reach families that have been bound by sin, that have been bound by addiction. But it's because the power of God, because the goodness of Jesus, because the level of our God, that he can break tradition. He can break Addiction, it can break years of sin and deliver. Not 
not in some faraway country, uh, in this church, uh, in this community, uh, in your family, in your life. That's the power of our God. Don't you allow the voice of the enemy to rob you of that. Uh, don't you allow the lies of the enemy, enemy uh, to limit uh, who you think God is. Uh, because God is God. Uh, he has all power. Uh, he has all authority. Uh, there's no thing he cannot do. Uh, amen. I don't care how things look. Uh, in 2023, uh, God is still in control of the world. Uh, he still has a final say. You're on the winning side. You're serving the mighty God. He's never left you nor forsaken you, but you're here because of his mercy and his goodness and his work is not done. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, have your liberty in this house today. Have your dominion in this place today. God, remove any doubt. Remove any fear. God, I believe you're able today. I believe you're going to do it, God. I believe you're going to bring back the backsliding. I'm gonna, I believe you're going to heal minds today. I believe you're going to restore those that have been bound by the cares of this world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, let there be a miracle established in this house. Oh, let there be a witness established in this place today. God, you reign most high. God, you reign above all else. That's it, church. Begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to get your breakthrough. Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to cry unto the Lord. Don't let the enemy bushel your praise. Don't let the enemy bushel your war cry. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Send a greater revival. Uh, send greater miracles. Uh, God, that'll turn this community upside down. Uh, God, that all Gillette would know uh, what you're doing in this house. Uh, what's taking place in this place of worship. Uh, because you're being glorified. Uh, because you're being lifted up. Uh, because we depend upon you. Uh, and we know the ability of what you can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your mighty name, God. These altars are open. I want you to come forward. If you feel like there's someone that you need to pray alongside with for a miracle, I believe miracles are going to happen. If there's someone here and you're new to this, the Holy Ghost is real and God loves you and God's for you. And the greatest miracle you can receive is God's spirit in your life to lead you and to guide you. It's real. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost today. 
as you ask God to forgive you, to wash you of all sin and doubt, God will fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a witness in the house today. Yes. Yes.